This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. ADM sure had a lot of Kansas City wheat to deliver, 1,200 of 1,288 contracts. Deliveries have not been an issue for other Chicago Border Trade contracts. Deliveries are often heavy for soy oil, and so far, there have not been many. The January crush was 195.6 million bushels, which was another new monthly record. There's no rationing noted as yet. While wet conditions in Brazil continue to be a drag on harvest progress there, they have enough soybeans now at the port to fill the pipeline and load ships. There is a huge fleet of vessels that have been backed up, waiting to load, so Brazilian soybean exports should set a record this month. The slow pace of their soybean harvest, tied together with delayed planting of the second corn crop, will make it more vulnerable to other weather conditions. Brazil oversold its corn exports to the point that they created a domestic shortage ahead of harvest. Weather in Argentina continues to fit the La Nina expectations for below normal rainfall. Temperatures have been modest in Argentina but are now heating up, which will increase stress on the crops. Here in the western Corn Belt and Plains states, we are entering the growing season with the lowest moisture reserves in the tank in recent memory. Soybeans are a drought crop, while corn on corn suffers most from drought conditions. These two facts should push farmers to plant more soybeans. I find it a little hard to see where they are going to come up with 2 million more acres of corn without greatly extending corn on corn acreage. I do not think that farmers are in that mindset. My son and I had multiple years of corn on corn, and the soybean market now supports rotation. I'm hoping that soybeans take La Nina better than corn. There's also a benefit to soybean yields rotating after multiple years of corn on corn. This is a La Nina year. Dr. Elwin Taylor says that there's a 70% chance of a below trend line yield for U.S. corn in a La Nina year. It doesn't extend to soybeans because they can benefit from late season rain. The La Nina could fade mid-season, allowing normal rainfall. Can the soybeans live that long to be able to take advantage of that? We may have an experiment going to find out. The plains and western corn belt will suffer most, while the eastern corn belt could produce well. The La Nina shuts off moisture reaching the corn belt from the Pacific, while the eastern corn belt should still get moisture flow from the Gulf. Non-irrigated crops in the plain states would appear to be the most vulnerable. I would think that would put milo in front of corn. It's harder for center pivots to keep up when temperatures are hot, too. Winter wheat suffered from a dry fall, and a dry spring will not help that. The 90-day SOI is still 14.76, but starting to trend lower. While the peak for this La Nina has likely been set, the path to the end of the La Nina will not be a straight line. Trade winds are still blowing in the direction of La Nina. The La Nina could fade by mid-season, but will that be soon enough for the corn? The peak water need for corn is June and July. We have to have enough moisture to grow, develop, and pollinate the crop. That cannot be accomplished without moisture, and it may all have to come from the sky, as subsoil reserves are minimal. We can typically hold 11 inches of water in our heavy ground, and right now we are not much better off than farmers on sand, depending on the rain that falls in a timely manner in a quantity to get us to finishing rains. In many ways, we are the opposite situation of a year ago. On the hogs. The near vertical ascension of the lean hog chart was a lot for gravity to defy. Bulls will want the cash market to confirm. 
Never before have we had Packers so happy to pay up for cash hogs, given that they own so many of them. Packers killed 499,000 head of hogs, so pulled out all the stops relative to the slaughter rate. This rate of slaughter is weighing on the pork product market. Integrated Packer margins are making up for the wheat product market from the profit on the hogs that they own. The standard Packer margin has shrunk to a level that they are not covering operational costs. I think that this disparity in Packer margin is new territory for the hog and pork industry. On the cattle, there is definitely a difference in how these two livestock markets are performing. In the hog and pork industry, hog producers and consumers are both doing well with the squeeze on non-integrated Packers. In the case of the cattle and beef industry, the Packers in the middle are squeezing both feedlots and consumers. Beef Packers limit their kill capacity so they do not have to clean up the front-end cattle supply while they retain the leverage in the beef product market. The result is that beef packer margins are currently record large for this time of year as cattle prices have detached from beef values. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.